We want our coffee in the lobby. We watch our worship on the screen. We got a rock star preacher who won't wake us from our dreams. We want our blessings yes, in our pocket. You are in conflict. Some of you love it. You really do. I, I see it. Social media, throwing up barbs, get things going. Maybe it's a, a loved one and knowing the right thing to say to, to get a certain reaction, etc. Well, or, or maybe maybe it's the other way. Maybe, maybe you're ticked off. You're holding some grudges. I don't care how versed you are, by the way. We all stumble and fall and trip with conflict. So without further ado... Here's your play of the day. This is the play of the day. Check this out. Swung on and hit in the air to right. <laughs> and that ball is gone. Into the... I have seen grown men fumble this issue. I- I've seen guys, Marines, Navy SEALs, Army Rangers who have faced incredibly dangerous situations and not afraid to lay it on the line, have enormous courage on the battlefield, melt and turn into a pool of jello with one phrase from their wife. We need to talk, honey. There is no phrase that puts the fear of God into men more than that phrase. We, we need to talk, honey. Oh, no, just kill me right now. Give me a knife, you know. Now, the fear of conflict is as old as Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve messed up. They blew it in the Garden of Eden. And their relationship with God was broken. And then it broke their relationship with each other. And so they go out and they're hiding after they have sinned. And they don't want to get near God because they don't want to face the reality of the conflict. And Adam, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 10, says this. Adam said to God, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and so I hid. When he's talking about naked, he said, I was exposed. I was vulnerable. You could see everything about me. And I was afraid, so I hid. And men have been hiding from God ever since. And men and women have been hiding from each other. We hide and hurl. First thing they did is they covered up. Why? Because when there's conflict, you want to cover up. You see, the fear of conflict is really the fear of being exposed, the fear of your emotions. It's the fear of being vulnerable. And when I have the fear of dealing with emotions, then this fear creates three problems in my relationship. It makes me defensive, it makes me distant, and it makes me demanding. It makes me defensive. I want to hide When we're in conflict, I want to hide. I want to withdraw. I want to isolate. I want to pull back. I don't want to be close to you. That ruins the relationship. Makes me distant. It makes me defensive. I start defending myself. I start attacking you. I start having all kinds of excuses. I don't want to reveal my my true self. I want to cover up because I'm naked. I'm vulnerable. I'm exposed. And I become demanding. I want to have the last word. I want to control the situation. You see, it is fear that keeps you from, di- from connecting at the deepest level with those you love the most. Most people have never had deep soul intimacy with another person. I'm not talking about sex. I'm talking about something deeper than that. Soul-to-soul intimacy. And the reason why is fear. 
You don't really fear conflict. You fear the emotions of it. And you fear rejection. And you fear being misunderstood. And you fear that what you say will be used against you. So you don't want to be vulnerable. That's what you fear. There was a book that came out many, many years ago called, Why Am I Afraid to Tell You Who I Am? Great question. And the answer to that question is, the reason I'm afraid to tell you who I really am is because I'm all I've got. And if I tell you what I really am and I reveal my true self, including the downside, including the weaknesses, you may not like me. And I'm all I've got. And the reason I'm afraid to tell you who I am and I wear a mask and I pretend and I ignore conflict and all of those things is because I'm afraid that you might not accept me. And if you don't like who I am and I'm all I've got, then I'm up a creek without a paddle. So I'm just going to wear a mask. Thank you very much. Where do you find the courage to take this first step? Because that's what you need. Only courageous people resolve conflict. Only. Cowards never resolve conflict. They walk away from it. Courageous men. Maybe the most courageous, manly thing you can do is man up and face an issue that you've been ignoring for a long time in your marriage or with your kids or with your employees or your boss or whoever. Man up, be a man, have courage, and face the fear. Where do you find the courage to face it? You get it from God. The Bible says here on the screen, 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a spirit of power and love and self-discipline. That means if I let God's spirit fill my life, I'm going to be filled not with fear and timidity, but I'm going to be filled with power and with love and with self-discipline. Now, that middle one, love, is the important one because love overcomes fear. The Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. When, you, when you're watching the nightly news and you see somebody run into a burning building, you go, how in the world do they have the courage to do that? And a few minutes later, they come running out with a baby or a little child or a pet. What caused them to overcome their fear of dying? The love for that person or pet. When your love is greater than your fear, you'll do things you're afraid to do. That's what they call courage is what he says. Word. Thank you, Pastor Rick Warren. He logs in another play of the day. He's got a few, but he hasn't beaten uh, Brian Loritz yet. Brian Loritz still has the lead. Strong voices for those that live and strive to be stronger. And whether you think Adam and Eve is a fairy tale or not, one can still learn from it. One can actually learn a lot from it. And whether you are married or, or, or you're single, you can learn from it. Every single relationship on this earth will have conflict eventually. It's either that or you don't invest enough time together. You put two flawed people together and you will have, you guessed it, flawed situations and conflict. Church-going folk. Churches are boats with holes. I've been part of a few of them. I've been very involved with a lot of them. I, it, yeah, boats with holes. Full of flawed people. You think it's hard enough putting two people together flawed? How about putting hundreds together or maybe even thousands? Flawed people, flawed leadership. And for a church to survive, it must bail out the water that leaks in through those holes. And the boat will stay afloat 
with Jesus' teachings of love, grace, mercy, and forgiveness. Yeah, think of the water just coming through those holes. You're going to need to bail it out eventually, right? Love, grace, mercy, and forgiveness. It's the only way that church moves forward. You know what else resonates? Um, when we do wrong or in conflict with God or just somebody, we want to hide, right? That is the natural instinct. We go distant. And I definitely have, have and can still do that. For some reason, we think not going to church or, or not praying about it will solve it. Like our, our anger will solve it. And hint, just like Adam, God knows everything and knows exactly where you are at all times and what you're even thinking. So wouldn't we just be better off owning it? Of course. But if doing the right things was easy, we would do it all the time and be kumbaya with God. So anyway, moving forward, do you have any grudges, any ongoing conflicts? Of course you do. Or you will. You're flawed. It's going to happen. So it's time to step your game up. Be the bigger person. Screw pride in your ego. Ha. Much easier said than done, speaking from my own experience. So Christians, as I do my quote marks again, Christians, let's review that owner's manual for life that says for you, and there is a ton. Number one, at least for me to point out here, getting the polls, you must be, or you must forgive in order to be forgiven. Check out Matt 6.15. Uh, this is the New Living Tra- Translation. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. And that's cutting. I mean, think about that. I mean, really read that. It's about as black and white as it gets. If you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. Crystal clear. And most of you probably know this, but if not, Jesus once asked, how how many times do you forgive someone? Seven times? (laughs) Jesus more like, try 77 times seven and then more. Check out on that one, Matt 18.21. And I know what some of you are thinking already. Many egos out there saying that is weak. You're just going to be a doormat. You're just going to let people keep walking over you. Well, according to the ways of the world, it is. And we're not supposed to be conformed to the ways of the world of selfishness and screw you. You want to be different? You want to be countercultural? Do you want to stand out and truly shine Christ's light? Then you will do what Jesus did and does. It's probably the strongest thing you can do. You do what you truly believe, right? So do you consider yourself part of God's family? Do you consider yourself a child of God? Okay. So pop quiz. Blessed are the peacemakers. Right? You know that one? Not the conflict makers. Check Matthew 5, 9. God blesses those who work for peace. For they will be called the children of God. You have to be working for peace. You have to be. Not conflict, peace. And there's so much more in there in that owner's manual of life, and I I could go on and on. And some of you are saying, yeah, yeah, I know all this. Okay. How are you lovingly encouraging others? 
Are you digging in with your loved ones or strangers, or are you rising above and navigating conflict in a healthy way? And do you realize if we did more of above, we would have world peace? I'm serious about that. We wouldn't have divorce either. A lot less of it. So we have a lot more work to do, even if you know it. But are you doing it? And you and me, I'll pick on myself. As B.W. says, train your mind daily. Get in that book first thing in the a.m. And let it set the tone of each day for you and your loved ones. Back to that play of the day. If you'd like to hear more of that, that's uh, look up Daily Hope. That one is entitled Conflict Resolution. You Make Me Crazy, Part 1. And that was published on the 20th of May, 2021. Ending on a prayer note. Heavenly Father, thank you for wisdom. And thank you for voices like Pastor Rick Warren or Dr. Brian Loritz or Francis Chan and so many more. And thank you for the listener of this Ragtag Podcast. I can't even say podcast because we're all flawed. We all pursue truth and we stumble in life. And we know, and yet the humble know we can do better. And thank you, Jesus, for making it crystal clear that we must forgive others in order to be forgiven. And for those struggling with forgiving others that have hurt them so badly, may they be reminded of you, Jesus, asking our Father to forgive those that nailed you to a cross and played dice and laughed and mocked you from below. You led with that forgiveness, which means we can do the same with anyone. And it doesn't mean we restore relationships with all. Some are just bitter and, and or evil. It doesn't, it, what it does mean is we hand over those grudges to you. It's between you and that person that has hurt us now. Letting go and letting God. And Holy Spirit, right now, will you put names on this listener's heart that they need to reach out and either encourage or maybe just ask for forgiveness? Or maybe they need to share this with someone that is sick and tired of being sick and tired. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.